Welcome to Celebrating Act Two. Celebrating Act Two is the user manual for the second half of your life. Welcome back. Uh, I'm here with my partner, John Coleman, and um, our contributing editor, uh, John Mariani, on all things gastronomical uh, and otherwise. Uh, how you doing, Welcome, guys? John. Good, good. Hey, John, uh, um, a couple of weeks ago, I don't know, not too long ago, we did a, uh, a segment with you about the world wine prices, how they've been overproducing wine uh, and prices are in a, in a free fall and that good wine is real cheap. And you just recently wrote an article for Forbes, which is a new wrinkle on that. You had to, if I correct, correct me if I'm wrong, you're selling us that now great restaurants are selling great wines from their wine cellar. Is that, is that true? Explain that to me. It's, uh, it is really pretty extraordinary. Um, as we all know, across the United States, all restaurants are basically closed. So they are living, if they can, on takeout. Now, you expect this from uh, small little restaurants, uh, barbecue restaurants, hamburger joints, uh, delicatessen, and so forth. But you don't expect it from very high-end restaurants, some of the best in the world. And they're doing it um, to make a little money, certainly, um, but they're also doing it because their clientele, they want them back uh, as soon as this is all over, for one thing. And they are the kind of uh, guests who can afford the best things in life. But even they, even affluent people these days, probably don't have as much money as they had three or four weeks ago or worried what the stock market's going to be doing. So they're not going to go out and splurge and spend $500 for two people if they can get that same exact food through takeout along with a bottle of their favorite wine that they used to spend at the restaurant $150 for and get it for $75. Um, now, you're not going to have the tablecloth, you're not going to have the glassware, you're not going to have the maitre d', you're not going to have the busboys and the waiters, you're not going to have the uh, spotlights and, and so forth, but you will be able to have a glimmer of that restaurant experience. And uh, it's great for the restaurants and so forth. When it comes to wine, a restaurant pays approximately a bit above uh, what we would say the wholesale price. So if they get a bottle for $10, they will price it at at least $20. It's rare that that is not the case. Sometimes $30, even $40. Some very, very rare wines might be, play, might be priced astronomically because they don't really want to sell them. They only have two or three bottles, but they want to show you, we have this wine on the list. And uh, if you're crazy enough to spend $4,000 for the bottle, you're... Uh, uh, richer than, uh, than Croesus or, or Scrooge McDuck. Um, so, but it's in that middle ground where the wines would probably have cost about $150, $200, that they are really cutting the prices 25, 50% um, for wines that are just, let's face it, they're just sitting there. And that is an enormous capital expenditure for any restaurant uh, to stock a very, very thorough, deep and broad wine list and especially white wines do not last forever. 
Um, it's a myth that all wines age well, uh, only the better reds do, and white wines don't get any better. So if they were shut down for six months, even a year, they want to get rid of those wines as fast as possible because they're not buying new stocks of them. That's an interesting point. And, and what, they're not buying new stocks because they're not open. They don't have the customers. Yeah. And also yeah. the fact that uh, these things sit in basements or on shelves. They're very well taken care of in terms of humidity and the cool temperatures uh, to keep these, these capital expenditures uh, at their uh, optimum. So, But unlike when the restaurant is up and running and everybody's having a good time, they have may have one, two, or more sommeliers in a big fancy restaurant in Las Vegas or New York or, or, or California and Chicago. And um, they also have to have wine buyers, uh, who is usually the sommelier, people who take care of the whole beverage department. So they don't have that expense anymore because these guys are not taking care of the cellar and they're not coming out and they're not opening the wines or the corkscrew and pouring it and decanting it and doing all those other things, letting you taste it. Um, that the uh, service personnel do. So they can afford to chop the prices and still make as much or more money. What a fascinating insight to so the have world. You, have uh, you been the, able to um, uh, recently pick up any uh, wines um, that you particularly enjoy? Uh, personally, I don't, because I, I have a pretty extensive cellar myself. I, my, my wife and I are good for about the next year and a half if we buy a, a, a if we drink a bottle a night. Um, so I haven't as, as a matter of rule. But I do know of specific restaurants and what they're serving um, that I can tell you folks about and the uh, listenership um, as to the amazement of uh, what is now out there. That'd be great, yeah. Well, you mentioned, uh, Art, um, you live near Spago, did you say? Well, close enough. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, they, for instance, uh, I'm going to take my note out, notes out here. They, for instance, at uh, Spago, which is owned by Wolfgang Puck, as you know, and has many, many restaurants around the country. So he has probably an enormous uh, volume of wines uh, which are bought wholesale and uh, spread out. So in Beverly Hills, which is his flagship, um, he is, uh, we have an, uh, they have an offering that ranges of $18 to $650. And most of the wines that they are selling out the door now are between $25 and $100. This is according to their director of wine, uh, Philip Dunn. So their prices, for the most part, are better or at least the same as most off-premises retailers. Meaning if you went to a wine store, first of all, you would not be able to get a very old vintage of this particular wine because they don't have them anymore in the store. They don't carry them. And uh, if they did, um, he's saying that the Spago price out the door is probably going to be less than you would get it at a store um, if you, in fact, found it. Plus, plus so you'd get a meal it, along with it. You'd get a meal along a meal with it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this, I mean, they're selling like Dom Perignon and uh, Champagne and Vintage Krug and Laurent Perrier. And um, they're also selling um, a great Italian wine um, like uh, Angelo Gaia's wines, G-A-J-A, -A, which are uh, always at a premium price and illustrious among the best wines in in the United States. And uh, they're selling even those kinds of wines at knockoff prices. That's amazing. Can you, uh, 
as an example, Spago, can you go online and see this uh, list of wines that are available? Or do, uh, as I did you get that? In preparation for uh, the article and this, uh, if you go to Spago, they list various alternatives for meals. I think they somebody, something tells me they run around $59 for the meal. And then they have selected wines every day, which is smart on their part because that means they might have sold out of the Dom Perignon. But this week or today, we're offering Krug or, or, or something else. So um, when you call, you will find out which wines they are offering at these uh, various prices. And as you said, they're between uh, the 20 and $100 as opposed to $100 and $700. Yeah. So a, as an also in Europe, by the way, um, I was talking to the people at the Bauer Lack in Zurich, Switzerland, which is a very fine five-star hotel. And they are open, as many hotels are, but their restaurants are closed. So all of their local clientele in Zurich, as well as the travelers who are staying there, they can't actually go down to the restaurant. So they are selling um, a prefixed uh, dinners, which can be brought to you. And the wines are some of the nicest, loveliest local Swiss wines, which they're selling at rock bottom prices, like 13, 16, 18 euros, which is about 14, 16, 20 dollars. And um, so this is happening all over the all over the world. It's great for all of us. So the takeaway from this, John, is that uh, we should not be afraid, despite the fact that the restaurants are closed. We should not be afraid to contact our local high-end restaurant and see what they're offering. Absolutely, positively, um, yeah. they are. Now, there are restaurants at the very high end, which have chosen not to go that route because they, they've tried it. My, my, both my sons are um, in the restaurant business, and um, many of those restaurants have just shut it because they're in New York. Um, they have to have a certain staff and, and so forth. And they tried it with one of them, and they were making what sounds like good money every night just in takeout, but it just wasn't enough to pay the nut. So a lot of restaurants choose not to do this, um, but uh, a lot more do. Do you think there's going to be a big shakeout on the high-end restaurants? I don't mean the mom and pops, but the, <laughs> the restaurants you're talking about. Do you think there's going to be a big shakeout, a, a lot of bankruptcies because of the coronavirus shutdown? Um, there is. There definitely will be, but that's uh, really a discussion for another segment, which I'd be happy to get into because I've been researching that. And uh, there's no question, but uh, the only thing I will say is that it will be terrible. It will seem massive, but the restaurant business especially has always, always recovered. We were not in World War II. We were not bombed. New York was not bombed by London. London has a very thriving restaurant business did so after the war in the 1950s and the swinging 60s and so forth. So uh, restaurant sector, you may not have the same restaurants and you may have many different restaurants, um, but I'll talk about that happily in another segment. Well, we'll Good. We'll look forward to that. To that. Good. John, thank you. Great insights. And uh, I know a couple of good restaurants in uh, Los Angeles and in San Diego down in La Jolla that I'm going to contact and see what they have to offer. It's a great, uh, great opportunity. See what the old Coronado Hotel has uh, to offer. Yes, you I'm bet. sure they have a very deep, long list, and they'd yeah. love to get rid of that. 
Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you again, John and John, and look forward to uh, the next segment. Actually, why don't we make that next segment on uh, some of those restaurants and, and where you think they're going to be uh, mm. in our next segment. Okay. Love to. All right. See you, all. See you soon, John. And uh, before we sign off, I want to remind everybody they can uh, sign up for John's free newsletter called the Virtual Gourmet at johnmariani.com. johnmariani.com, the Virtual Gourmet. Great newsletter. Thanks a lot. See you guys. For more on Celebrating Act Two, visit our webpage, follow us on Facebook, subscribe to us on YouTube, and tell your friends. Celebrating Act Two is the user manual for the second half of your life.